God bless you. This is Apostle Anthony Wilson, and you're listening to the Love Thy Neighbor podcast. You may be listening to this podcast on various outlets or platforms, and I want to thank you for listening in. I also want to thank those that have been supporting us and contributing monthly. I know it seems like just a little bit of money, but that little bit of money helps us to continue to do what we are doing for the kingdom of God. Those of you that have been thinking about it, you've been thinking about contributing, here's your opportunity. I want you to go to anchor.fm slash anthony wilson slash support. Anchor.fm slash anthony wilson slash support. And I want you to look at the options and pick the one that's most comfortable for you. The highest is $9.99 a month. That's not a lot of money. The middle is $4.99 and the bottom is $0.99. Cent. Any one of those will help us to continue to focus on ministry, continue uh, to do the work of the Lord, and continue to get this message not just out in the United States, but globally. And so thank you very much for your consideration. Pray about it. Go to Anchor fm slash anthony wilson slash support i guarantee that god wants to use you to bless many many nations and through this podcast you can thank you for listening let's get ready to get into our incredible broadcast today we entitled it beware we're going to be talking about reading the bible correctly and how false teachers and untrained and uninformed individuals have been teaching the Bible in such a way that they have twisted scripture and caused people to be in error, caused people to believe things that the word of God doesn't teach, caused people to believe things about God that are not true. And we're going to deal with that today as we go into our broadcast. Beware. Welcome back. It's Apostle Anthony Wilson, and you're listening to Love Thy Neighbor. Uh, the Love Thy Neighbor podcast is broadcasting in uh, various major markets, and we thank you for listening in uh, on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, it's a pleasure to come into your homes, uh, riding in your car with you. Uh, some of you are brushing your teeth or taking a shower listening to us, but we thank God that you <clears throat> are listening. And so today I want to jump into um, this particular discussion, and it is a very powerful discussion, and we entitled this Beware. I, I expanded that title to Beware of False Teachers. Beware of false teachers. False teachers are people who are leading you astray, leading you away from God. And sometimes these false teachers are leading you away from God and they're using the scriptures. They're using the Bible, but they are leading you to serve a different God or a different version of God. They're not leading you to believe in the God of the Bible. And what's interesting is that you can be teaching from the Bible, but not teaching about the God of the Bible. 
Wow. Let's pause. Let's think about that. That you actually can open up the Bible and teach from the scriptures, from the Bible, but yet not be teaching about the God of the Bible. You can actually be teaching whatever you want to teach. And some have uh, been guilty of teaching um, just motivational speaking using the Bible, positive thinking using the Bible, but not teaching you how to be in relationship with the God of the Bible through his word. Uh, The first thing I want to start off with is the warning that Paul gave the Colossians in Colossians chapter two and verse eight. He says, beware, beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. What the Apostle Paul is saying here is that through philosophy, through deceitfulness, through traditions passed down from generation to generation, through the basic principles of the world. This is scary because how many uh, pastors and teachers and prophets and apostles stand from a pulpit and focus you on philosophy? They focus you on traditions of men and teach you according to the basic principles of the world, but not according to Christ. We must understand that um, our thoughts are not his thoughts and our ways are not his ways, that God and his ways are different from the ways of this world, from the philosophies of men, even the traditions of men. Jesus was clear that the Pharisees, their traditions were making the word of God of null effect, that they were actually using tradition to trump the truth. And so we've got to be aware. We've got to be aware of what people are doing and how they're doing it. And so what I've done is I've put together five principles that will help you. Are you ready? Please be taking notes. You may have to rewind this and play this back, but I need you to get this. Number one, We have to read the Bible as though God is speaking to us through the pages of the Bible. Now you say, well, I know that. I I, I know that. I know it's God. But yet we read it as if it is just words on the page and we can manipulate those words to say whatever we want them to say. Um, And people have taken liberty to say whatever they want to say with the scripture because they believe it's just words of men. And so my interpretation versus your interpretation, there's no problem. We can all interpret it the way that we want, but that's not true. Let me give you an example. If you come to me and you ask me a question and I give you an answer and then you say, well, what I think you're saying is this. I have the right to say that's not what I'm saying. But what we do with scripture, we'll go to scripture, we'll read something and we'll say, I think the Bible is saying this. And what happens because we are not seeking to really know what it, what is being said, we will say, OK, my interpretation is correct. But what if it's not? What if you need to go back to the word of God and say, God, what are you saying? Not what is it that I am saying? Let me let me explain something to you from Second Peter Uh, chapter 1 and verses 20 and 21. Here's what it says. 
knowing this first, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. We are not allowed to interpret the Bible privately from our own resources, from our own way. You know why? Listen to what it says. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Listen, you cannot read the Bible and understand it without knowing the author. And the author is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moved these individuals to write what they write, wrote. And the Bible was written by 40 different authors over 1,500 years. And there's one author, but there are various writers. And all of those writers were being moved by the same author. That's what makes the Bible unique, is that all of these different people could write and still be in harmony because there's really only one author. This is important that God was speaking to you through the apostles and the prophets. It's not just I read it and I have my own interpretation. There are no private interpretations to scripture. And so, number one, we have to read the Bible um, as God as if God is speaking to us through the apostles and prophets. There is no private interpretation of the Bible. And when we allow ourselves to have our own personal private interpretation of the Bible, we open ourselves up for, oh, well, I like his interpretation. I like that person's interpretation. We open ourselves up for false teachers. We open ourselves up to be hoodwinked, to be bamboozled, to be run amok. So that's number one. Read the Bible as though God is speaking to us through the apostles and prophets. There is no private interpretation of the Bible. Number two, understand that there is a right and a wrong way to divide the word. There really is a right and a wrong way to divide the word. Paul tells Timothy, as Paul is getting ready to check out of here, he's he knows that he's coming to the end of his time and he wants Timothy to be equipped for what is getting ready to happen in the future. And so he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, he says, and this is the New King James Version, he says, be diligent <clears throat> to present yourself approved to God, um, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If it was up to my interpretation, then he wouldn't say rightly dividing. He actually is telling Timothy there's a right way and a wrong way to divide the word of truth. There's a right way to read the word and a wrong way to read the word. Some people think, oh, well, there's no right or wrong way. It's just how I see it. It's just how I interpret it. You know, and your interpretation may be different from my interpretation. Here's the danger of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the danger of that. In, Ma in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus had come out of the wilderness. He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And he comes into this encounter with Satan. And the first temptation Satan uh, presents to him is the bread. But the second one is Satan wants to tempt Jesus to tempt God. Now watch this, because this is interesting. The way that Satan goes about doing this is by quoting scripture out of context. <clears throat> because there's a right and a wrong way to divide the word, we have to be aware 
of when somebody's dividing the word the wrong way. Here's what Satan says in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 5. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Why doesn't Jesus say, Oh yeah, that's the word, that's what it says, I'll jump off this cliff. You know why? Because he understands that there's a right and a wrong way to divide the word. That Satan, even though he is quoting the Bible, listen, think about this. Satan is quoting scripture. You think, well, the devil won't quote no scripture. He's quoting scripture. He says, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. He, he says this, and this is based on Psalms 91 verses 11 and 12. He's actually quoting from the book of Psalms. This is how crazy this is. But Jesus recognizes that this is not the proper usage for that particular scripture. Now, let me give you a modern day version of this type of thing. Let's say somebody comes to you and he says, you know what? God God wants to bless you and he will protect you and he will keep you. So you don't, you don't need to wear a mask. You don't, you don't need to take these precautions. You just need to trust God. You need to have more faith in God than in what man is saying. Because the word of God says that above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And so don't worry about what's going on in the world. God is going to take care of you. That is taking a scripture and using it for something that it wasn't intended for. In 3 John chapter 2 is where this uh, verse 2 is where this verse is found. John is saying this to his mentee. He is telling his mentee. He's giving him good wishes. He's saying, you know what? I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prosper. It's like a father talking to his son. This is not a promise from God. This is a conversation between uh, an elder and his uh, understudy or his disciple. People have taken that verse to mean that no hurt, harm, or danger is going to ever come to you because above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health as your soul prosper. So if you're in bad health, that's against the word of God. If you're not prospering, that's against the word of God. They just twisted the scripture and they did not divide it rightly. They used it for whatever they wanted. The devil here took a scripture and he is using it to manipulate Jesus. He's trying to convince Jesus of something by using scripture. Beware of people who try to convince you of their agenda or what they want by using scripture. Now, what's subtly deceptive is sometimes people use it in a positive way. They're using it in a positive way. I, I just want you to be successful and happy. And so here's a scripture that says that. And you have to say, wait a minute. I want to be successful and I want to be happy too, but that's not the usage for that scripture. So number two, understand that there's a right and a wrong way to divide scripture. That's why Paul tells Timothy, be diligent to show yourself approved to God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
And so that's number two. Number three, some things in the Bible are hard to understand. Now, this is something that everybody should know, but I don't think we really pay much attention to it because for whatever reason, people just take things and twist it and use it for whatever whatever they want. And so a lot of the things in the Bible that are difficult to understand, we don't take the time to be diligent and really study them and really ask questions and really try to figure out what is God saying. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 16, and the reason why I'm reading 13 through 16 so you get the context. I don't want to be reading stuff out of context. It says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And so Peter here is informing them that the day of the Lord is coming and that one day we're going to live in a new heaven and a new earth. This is the promise of God. He said, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, what things, the new heaven and the new earth, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot or blameless. Blameless. This means that you're in peace with God. You are without spot. You're blameless, which means you're in right standing with God. You're maturing. You're growing. It's not perfection, but it means to be mature. And considering that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, hanging in there. And for what Jesus did, we hang in there. That's salvation. He said, as also our beloved brother and Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. Watch this. Here it comes. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also with the rest of scripture. Paul has written some things that are hard to understand and people who are untaught and unstable twist them to their own destruction as they do the rest of scripture. We have to understand that there are some things that are difficult in the scripture and you're not going to get them right away. You're actually going to have to be diligent, like you told Timothy, to study, to rightly divide the word of truth, to to present yourself to God and get God's approval that this is what I'm saying and not just go off of what this person says and that person says. There are things that I have read that that even scholars have just accepted what was said before them, the traditions of men. And I don't think they even questioned it. I don't even think they said anything about it. I want people to understand that your critical analytical thinking process should not be thrown out in your faith. You should be examining and wrestling and trying to understand even these difficult things that are in scripture. It's important for us to really dig in and understand some of these things. He said untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction. You know what he means by that? He means that there are people reading the Bible, but still have not come into right relationship with the God of the Bible. And so they're reading the Bible and they're not saved. They don't know God. They, they, they have no relationship with God, but yet they're reading the Bible. But because somebody brought information and they were untaught, this is why the Bible says that not many of us should be called teachers because we'll be held to a stricter judgment. 
I'm telling you, there are some things that early on that I believed that I just regurgitated from other people. And I had to go back and say, that's not right. Here's what scripture actually says. Here's what scripture actually teaches. And so we've got to be so careful that we're not twisting scripture. Yes, you can twist scripture to your own destruction. So that's number three. Number four, check everyone's teaching. Fact check everyone's teaching with scripture. Fact check everyone's teaching with scripture. In Acts chapter 17, the apostle Paul is on this world tour and he's preaching everywhere and he's teaching everywhere. And he gets to this place called Berea, this place called Berea. And in this place called Berea, there were Jews that were in their synagogue and they were willing to listen, but they were going to check out what Paul is teaching. They didn't just accept what Paul is teaching. They said, you know what? Let's check it out. Look at what uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 10 and 11. Then the, then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogues of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. They searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things are so. We should not just accept people's teaching. We ought to search the scriptures. And he said daily. He said daily. This goes back to what we're talking about. Some things are hard to understand. That's why we have to be diligent to study, to show ourselves approved to God, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so somebody brings something to you, you read something, you hear somebody preaching, you ought to say, okay, let's go check that out. Let's go read that. And he said they searched daily. <laughs> they didn't just say, all right, Paul, explain it. Man, that sounds good. No, they said, all right, Paul, come on, sit down. Let's show me, walk through this, prove it to me. They search the scriptures daily. Fact check everyone's teaching. I don't care if it's your favorite YouTube preacher. I don't care if you go to a mega church and uh, that pastor has thousands and thousands of followers. Go back and check it. Search the scripture daily. For the rest of the week, the sermon that was preached on Sunday, go back and check it out. Because you, you know what you're doing? You're doing two things. You're making sure that you're not deceived and you're holding the pastor or the preacher accountable to accuracy. Because if you're not checking, then they may get lazy and just say anything and just say whatever they read online or they may uh, quote somebody else and they didn't fact check that person either. Even the people I'm going to quote, even the people that have said certain things before I say what they said. I go and search the scriptures and make sure it's so. This is good teaching, y'all. This is good teaching. The final thing, number five, you ready? Never study in isolation. Never study in isolation. I know this, this one really hurts because a lot of people, that's the way they study. They read their Bible by themselves. They have their own interpretation. This goes back to private interpretation. When you study in isolation, you end up with private interpretation. 
because in isolation, you you create the rules, you create um, the scenarios, and nobody can question what you're reading or what you're studying. And so you come up with your own stuff. And this is very, very dangerous. Now, listen, here's what scripture says in Colossians chapter three and verse 16. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm, that's, that just sounds good. Richly. Let it fill you up. Let it overflow. Let it be abundant in you. You understand? In all wisdom, right? Teaching and admonishing one another. One another. You can't do one another by yourself. You can't teach and admonish one another if you're the only one. There's got to be another. And he goes on to say, with uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Listen, y'all. The way that you keep from having private interpretation is to learn how to study with other people. People that understand the things that we just talked about. People that understand that when we read the Bible, it's God speaking to us. People that understand that there's a right and a wrong way to divide the word of truth. People that understand that there are some difficult things in the scripture and they're hard to understand. People that get the fact that we've got to check out everybody's teaching. We can't just accept anybody's teaching. And so when you're studying with those type of people, you're going to get a deeper and a more rich and a more accurate application of what the word of God says. And you will be protected from false teachers, from uh, teachers that are teaching things that are leading you not to the God of the Bible, but yet they're using the Bible to lead you astray. I want you to beware, beware. We're in the last days. We're in the last times and the Bible says that there's going to be a great falling away. And part of that falling away is it, it has already begun. It has been happening for a while because people have allowed false teachers to speak empty, swelling words, be, lead you astray with covetousness, have you just wanting things. And so they're painting the picture of God as a genie in a bottle who just gives you what you want. And you know what? That has created a lot of the atheists. That's why they say, you know what? Uh, uh, religion's the opiate of the masses. You know why? Because people have preached religion as this cure-all to all the ailments of this life. And that's not what it is. It's not about this life at all. It's about where you're going to spend eternity. It's about what's going to happen after this life. This life is such a small segment of eternity that God is not putting a whole lot of stock in this life. He's saying what you do here should be about what you're going to do there with him. And so in this life, we're just preparing for all of the riches and the rewards that God has for us. And so we're living life on mission. We're living life um, in obedience. We're living life um, under the instruction of God. And so as we read the word of God, we must know that God is speaking to us. There's no private interpretations. And when somebody has their own private interpretation, 
That's how you come up with the books of the Apocrypha. That's how you come up with all these supposedly lost books because somebody's private interpretation. That's how you come up with all these new religious ideas and these cults is because somebody has a private interpretation. And there are people who have private interpretations and they're going to church and they're reading the Bible, but they're interpreting the Bible in their own way for their own purposes. And you've got to remember that the Bible was written for one purpose, and it's to bring us into right relationship with the God of the Bible through the sacrifice of his son and through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. I want you to thank, I want to thank you for listening. Replay this, share this with a friend. This is going to help you. <clears throat> this is going to help you in these last days and these evil times. This is going to be a powerful, powerful tool to keep you on track so that you will not be deceived in this hour. God bless you. Father, I pray for each and every listener. I pray that they would know that there's no private interpretation of scripture, that the Bible was spoken by God. And in order to understand it, we've got to go to the source. We've got to know the author in order to interpret what he's saying. We can't interpret it our own way or according to the way we see it, but we have to interpret it based upon what he's saying through his word. God, I pray that we would rightly divide the word of truth that we would not just uh, uh, divide it any old kind of way, that we would just uh, leave it up for each person to decide what it means, but that we would take time and read scripture in context, knowing that there's a right and a wrong way to divide the word of truth. God, I pray that you give us understanding and revelation about the things that are difficult and hard to understand in the Bible so that we're not twisting your words, so that we're not twisting what you say and creating destruction for people. And God, I pray that we would be like the Bereans, that we would search the scripture daily to make sure that what is being taught is the truth. And finally, God, deliver us from isolationism and help us to study with others that understand the process of studying the word so that we are not caught up by our own personal, private interpretations. God, I pray pray that you bless your people, keep them, strengthen them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that this empowers you and impacts you and gives you what you need in the time that you need it. Remember, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.